Good morning. After a short detour in the book of James, today we will return to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In the last passage we looked at in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul lamented the fact that the Corinthian believers were still immature and could not take the solid food of God's word, but still needed spiritual milk. Paul's evidence for this was the fact that they were dividing into factions and seeking power from those associations. In the passage before us today, Paul will point out why there was no reason for them to divide in this way. But as I read the passage, I could not help but think of the work we do here at Geneva. I think there is a parallel we can draw between what Paul and Apollos did and the work we do together here day after day. Listen now as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5-9. through 9. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Paul begins with two questions that he will immediately answer. What is Apollos? What is Paul? It is interesting that he asks what and not who. This is not a question about the value of each person, but about their calling. Paul answers the question with two descriptors, and then he will go on to explain in a little more detail the nature of their calling. I recognize that Paul was an apostle who had a unique calling, and I am in no way trying to compare what we do here at Geneva to what he did. That being said, I do think that we can see in what we do as teachers some parallels between our work and his. I also believe that it is fruitful for us to understand our calling to teach in the way that Paul understood his calling. To that end, we could ask, what is Mr. Russell? What is Mr. Shelton? What is, insert your name here? Paul's answer is twofold. First, servants through whom you believed. By including himself and Apollos in this description, Paul is making it clear that there is no rivalry and there is no hierarchy. Both he and Apollos were merely servants of Christ. That is a good place to be. When we are able to focus on serving Christ and not on accumulating honors for ourselves, we can take joy in what God is doing in and through us. As I've said, We are not in the same position as Paul, but we have been allowed to participate as servants in what God is doing here in the life of our students, possibly even participating in their coming to faith. Let us never underestimate what a great privilege that we have been given. The second thing that Paul says about them is they are servants as the Lord assigned to each. Paul recognized the hand of God in putting them in the positions assigned to them. Similarly, we are ultimately here because this is where God has put us. Now, we've made decisions to come here and take jobs at Geneva, but ultimately, this is where God has put us. That doesn't mean we will be here forever, but I do believe it means that we can be content in knowing that we are doing the work that God has given to us. There will be difficult days, but we can and should rest in God's provision. Paul will go on to explain how God used he and Apollos and how both contributed to the work that God was doing. 
he will use an agricultural metaphor to emphasize the point. Paul planted, Apollos watered, God gave the growth. As it relates to the Corinthians, Paul brought the gospel to them, and Apollos nurtured them in their faith. Both of these works were essential, but ultimately it was God who caused them to grow, them being the believers in Corinth. God used the work of Paul and Apollos to accomplish his will, but ultimately God is the one to be praised. It is easy to think the way the world thinks and put a priority on one work over another and then take credit for that work, especially if we see our work as particularly important. Or if we see our job as significant and more significant than someone else or less significant, we can be jealous. Paul addresses this next. Paul says, the one who plants and the one who waters aren't anything. This is a humbling declaration made by Paul, but remember that he is including himself in this as well. On the one hand, this ought to serve as great motivation for us to do our very best. We are servants of God, after all. We have personally benefited from the work of those who proclaimed the gospel and helped us to grow, and now we have the opportunity to do the same. On the other hand, it takes the pressure off. God is the one who causes the growth, and we can trust him to do just that. In our world, we like tangible results, and we like to be able to quantify our work. And at times, we are able to do that. But that won't always happen. However, we do not need to despair, but to trust. God is the one who causes the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters, Paul says, are one. I really see this element in the work that we do here. As students move through grammar, logic, and rhetoric schools, we all participate in the work God is doing in those students. None of us can take credit because we are one. The point that Paul makes next is that God is faithful and just. Paul explained that each worker will receive wages according to his labor. That means that God sees our work and doesn't overlook it. Even though we are servants and God is the one who causes the growth, he still rewards his people for their work. We may never receive in this life recognition for what we do, but God does not forget and he will reward his people. We then are God's fellow workers. This really is a remarkable statement. We are God's fellow workers. God does not need our help to accomplish his purposes, but nonetheless, he allows us to participate in a meaningful way. In the work we do here at Geneva, we as teachers get to participate in the work of training students to live as disciples of Jesus Christ. This ultimately is the work that God is doing, and he lets us participate in it. The students are God's field and God's building. They belong to him, and he is letting us work alongside him to accomplish his purpose in their life. When my children were young, I had a hard time letting them help me in home improvement projects, especially in painting a room. The reason for this is because I thought I could do a better job than they could. 
And when they were young, that was probably true. But when they got to help, usually because my wife prodded me into letting them help, they got to experience the joy of participating in something that was significant for our family. There is no doubt that God could do a better job than we can in growing his field and building his building. But he hands us the shovel, he hands us the hammer, and he lets us work alongside him. Don't ever take for granted the fact that God loves these students far more than we ever could, and he wants them to grow in the knowledge and grace of Christ but he lets us work next to him to accomplish this purpose. As we close today, I want to go back and pray for our grammar school students. It's been a few weeks since we last prayed specifically for them. Hopefully they've gotten into a routine and things are a little bit easier than they were those first couple of weeks, but we still want to pray for them and the work that is being done in them. We pray that God will use us, his servants, to help them grow in the knowledge and love of Jesus Christ. And as always, I encourage you to go to the Spotify playlist, GSB Devotional Hymns, and listen to one of the hymns that we have chosen there. Join me now as we pray. Father, it is humbling to think that we have been allowed to participate in the work that you are doing, but we are grateful for it. Father, I pray that you would give us grace to be faithful, that you would use us so that the students that we interact with day in and day out would come to know you, they would grow in their faith, they would come to know Jesus as Savior, and that they ultimately would leave this place as disciples of Jesus Christ. Pray for our grammar school students. I pray that you would give them patience, endurance, strength, encouragement, everything that they need to, the, to do the work that they have been called to do. We thank you again for this day. We ask you to bless it and that we would walk away from it uh, better equipped to be the people you've created us in Christ Jesus to be. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.